we knew there was one thing that we did not want to do in Vancouver. And as luck would have it, it's the very first thing we did. You are listening to Travel FOMO, a podcast for people self-diagnosed with wanderlust. Welcome to the Travel FOMO podcast. Uh, We are moving through season nine where we are sharing our RV adventures with you as we go through North America. My name is Jamin Houghton and with me is my fellow full-time RVer, Hillary. That's right. And it was, oh my gosh, we have just been like, I feel like I've been tripping over myself through RV life as we relive (laughs) these stories. I'm like, that was hard. It was definitely a learning curve and definitely not what I think we expected. Yeah. There are great things about it. Yes. But there are also a lot of challenges and work that that come with it too. Yeah. And I think it was just took us by surprise a little bit. Yep. We didn't get a lot of, we didn't have a lot of opportunity to test drive our scenario. So we were learning along the way, but you know, you live, you learn. So you got to do it. Yeah. And I do think it would have been different if we had like bought RVs like normal people and like took it out for a long weekend and then like a couple week vacation and we're like in and out of it. Yeah. Um, But we just dove right in and are like, this is every day now. It was like taking, like submerging yourself in like ice water. (laughs) Yeah. Where you're like, this is okay. Wow. This is a lot all at once (laughs) for sure. But let us set the scene for you for this episode. Like we said, we're new to RV life. We've so far in this season, um, since we started the full-time RVing that we've been telling you about, we have gone to Grand Tetons and Glacier National Park in this episode we're actually traveling from Banff and Jasper National Parks in Canada and so you can go back I just say that so you have the opportunity to go back and listen to some of those previous episodes uh, because they might be of interest to you because we did adore those places for sure yeah yeah very cool places yeah for sure and um in this episode this is our first time that we were ever RVing in a city so you have that to look forward to (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was you know we had everything up to now had always been about parks like national parks and yeah and just staying and being out and so we wanted to explore cities as well because we love doing that and so we were headed to Vancouver but before we got there we actually had to stay a night in between Banff and Vancouver. And so this was our first time to not, you know, like be like, okay, we're going to go from RV park to RV park basically. And we're going to try something out called harvest host. Now, for those of you who don't know, harvest host is a program that you can buy into. It's like a yearly subscription. I think it costs us like $80 or something like that. And what it does is it uh, sets up, one night stays basically at different businesses. So it might be a brewery or, a you know, a golf course or some kind of restaurant or something like that, that has space at their facility for you to park overnight. Yeah. And kind of the deal is that you partake in whatever it is that, that they do there. So you buy some of their goods or, you know, participate in what they, they have going on. And they let you stay. And it's basically just a place to park because they don't have electric hookups or things like that for you to uh, to use. Um, They don't have facilities. So there's no like showers or bathrooms or like anything like that. So your rig has to be fully self-contained, meaning you have to have your own bathroom and stuff like that on board. So 
If you are just tent camping or something like that, you can't use harvest hose. This is strictly for vans and RVs and, and stuff like that. And it really is a, a great program, I think, for a lot of people. And this was our first time to kind of experience it. And we stayed at North Yard Cider Company, and it's in Salmon Arm, Canada. And if you didn't know where Salmon Arm, Canada was, we didn't know either. <laughs> and it's basically a little over halfway between Banff and Vancouver. If that helps you out at all. <laughs> yeah, so way up in the middle of nowhere in Canada. But the North Yard Cider Company was actually a really cool little, like, cider brewery they had an apple orchard that's yeah. where they had us park was right outside their apple orchard which was really kind of cool and, yeah um they were super nice they had lots of interesting ciders for us to try i think i would have enjoyed staying there a lot if it had not been like 97 degrees like oh my legitimately mid 90s high 90s in the middle of Canada which I was not prepared for yeah we totally did not see that coming I totally underestimated how hot it would be in Canada in the middle of the summer I <laughs> yeah. just assumed it would be cooler it was pretty it was pretty hot I did too and you know one of the one of the things about using harvest hosts is that you need to arrive when they're open, right? Like, so you have to get there before they close for the day, which wasn't a problem for us with this. You know, we were going to arrive mid afternoon and like have some cider and stuff like that and hang out for the evening and then leave first thing the next morning. And that's what we did. But in my mind, we were going to like have some cider and sit outside the rig and just enjoy a peaceful evening. And <laughs> instead we just sweat. Oh my gosh. We like literally were hiding behind the rig so that we could stay out of the sun. Yeah. We were like accommodating or you know trying to figure out all the ways we could accommodate ourselves to like get any cool breeze or any <laughs> sort of shade. And then to make matters worse, right next to us was this sprinter van with a generator going. And it right. was like <laughs> I was like, oh, and I just knew they were running air conditioner in there. And I was like, it's brilliant if you want to invest in a generator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing for us. We didn't have a generator. And so no air conditioner. Yeah, uh, we did have batteries to run like the lights in our rig and stuff like that. But that's all um, man. It was it was brutal. And I think Harvest Host is really good if you're kind of moving slowly and you've got plenty of time, but it's not something that we actually used nearly as much as I thought we were going to. Yeah, that's true. Because I think for us and just kind of our mode, when we have a long haul, we're like, let's just get as much of it done in a day as we can Yeah. and maybe haul less the next day. Mm -hmm. And so... Harvest Host just didn't make a lot of sense. We ended up at Cracker Barrel a lot. <laughs> we really did. You'll hear a lot about Cracker Barrel in the coming episodes. Um, but if you do have more time or you're not really wanting to travel that far in a day and you want to see some really unique things, Harvest Host is a 
is a good way to go and made for a nice little stop off for us on our way to Vancouver. Yeah. I think it could have been really great if the weather had been a little nicer. Yeah, I think sure. we would have like loved it and you would have heard like a totally different um, review from us. Right. But yeah, that heat really got to us. We just didn't see that coming. Yeah. I was not prepared for how hot it was going to be. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. So then that next morning we wake up, we drive out of the apple orchard, we head towards Vancouver. We've got, you know, a decent day of driving ahead of us um we had like one thing that we wanted to make sure we did we did not do that day and that was that when we arrived in vancouver we did not want to end up downtown with our airstream correct because that would be devastating (laughs) to drive on one-way streets downtown with an airstream and ours is a super wide airstream like it's as wide as it gets right yeah for airstreams yeah so um and we'd gotten very specific instructions from our um, rv park we were staying on the capilano indian reservation it's um, on the north side of vancouver and so their instructions were do not get on highway 99 because it will take you downtown so don't do that and we're like okay check and of course i'm the navigator so i'm trying really hard to make sure that we follow these instructions um but that's exactly what we did. We got on <laughs> Highway 99 and we headed right into downtown Vancouver and we could not get off. It's It was one of those things where um, there really wasn't enough. Uh, I, I just didn't know. You can't see on a map. You can look at a map and you can think you understand what's going to happen. But then whenever it's all plays out and you see the actual lanes in the road and how they come and go and how you're going to get on and you're going to get off. And I think we had to cross like three lanes in order to do what they wanted us to do. And it had to happen in a very short amount of time. And we've gotten airstream that we're hauling (laughs) and clearly you can tell this has happened to a lot of people before so but before we knew it we were driving across a bridge through stanley park and we're driving south now into downtown vancouver and it felt literally like one of the worst case scenarios that i could imagine (laughs) yeah what we were hauling it was crazy tons of tight spaces tons of traffic um in the process we we did hit some guy's mirror (laughs) on his vehicle (laughs) and it was just chaos um and then we you know we ended up making it back okay but i'm just so curious your perspective because that detour it cost us like 30 45 minutes it was a horrible start to city rving experiences for us (laughs) yeah so well you know we we still hadn't had a lot of experience hauling the rig anyway. True. You know, we're still only a few weeks in. And so you add driving in another country, which they still, you know, in Canada, they drive very, very similar to, to what we do. But signs are a little different. Signage is a little different. Where you look for things is just a little bit different. Um, and then being in a big city adds more to it and then we're getting so close to our rv park and like you said you can't really see on a map because there are roads that like service roads beside the highway and a road that runs under the highway yeah and we needed to be under the highway rather than on it and you can't you can't see that on a map really and so that made it really difficult to to try to figure out but then when you recognize, okay, we've missed our turn 
and now we're on this bridge we're in traffic and so we're having to slowly make our way across this bridge and you know that like on the other side of the bridge is downtown where it's just going to be worse. Oh my gosh. And so you just have to sit there and eat it and just be like, okay, here we go. And then, yeah, trying to like get around downtown and like pulling out into traffic. And I think this is where I really learned to embrace the, like if I'm pulling a big rig and it's busy traffic and I pull out in front of you in your little Honda Civic, you can lay on your horn all you want. And I don't care. I just don't care. <laughs> like I'm coming over and making our way. There's just very little that you can do Yeah. when you're hauling, when you're pulling a trailer, there's just not a lot you can do. And so yeah. you just kind of have to be okay with people being upset at you. And, and then we had to go like through the park and a lot of through the park a was housing area. Yeah, I say like, a little housing area. It was like a, a neighborhood with like apartments and super, um, super tight, super tight. Yeah. And the park part of it was under construction. So you've got like cones and things like that up where we're literally just barely fitting through the barriers and things. And, Man, it was just such a beat down. And it comes right at the point where you think, okay, like we're almost there. We're about to be done for the day. And we're just going to like pull into this place and find our parking spot and park the rig. We'll be done. And then you're like, nope, you have another hour of this to go. <laughs> like, oh. And yeah, it was just, just that such a, a sort of kind of beat down really. Uh, and like you said, just not the great, a great way to start um, and be introduced to a city. But yeah. What would you, what advice would you give to somebody who's hauling a rig and they find themselves downtown and it is absolutely not what they wanted, but they just feel like it just happened and they did everything they could to prevent it. It happened. They're downtown. They're freaking out. What do you think RVers should do in those moments? What would you say? Um, it, before we started RVing, we watched a lot of keep your daydream with, um, Mark and Trish and they do a lot of like hauling and they have great, a great YouTube channel if you're interested in RV stuff. And something that he says a lot is like, you've got, um, you've got nowhere to go and all day to get there. Mm, yeah. And I think that you can, if you can just in those moments was it's, it's really easy to say really hard to do but just kind of take a breath and realize like i don't need to be in a hurry i don't need to be a, in a rush and i think it it's it's hard to do especially in a city because everyone does think that they're in this hurry or this massive rush or you know because they've got to get their coffee or whatever and i i think in those moments you just have to be like okay I'm just going to take this slow and I'm going to let everybody in their cars be upset. <laughs> <laughs> and like when I pull out in front of them, like they're going to be upset. And when I have to cut them off a little bit because there's no room in traffic, like they're going to be upset and they can get happy in the same pants they got mad in. <laughs> and I'm just going along because when you're pulling a trailer, 
you're just limited in in what you can do. It's just like people driving semis. It, it made me have a lot more empathy for people driving huge rigs where you're like, they need time to slow down. They need space. They There's just so, only so much they can do and you've got to help them out. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. For sure. And um, yeah, so I think like just let all the like honks and like rude looks and flipping off like just kind of go and be like that's it's fine i'm in my rv and i'm probably gonna have a better time tonight than you so go like go be busy somewhere okay so did you have a better time than most people that night tell people what you thought of the rv park <laughs> so i think this is when we really kind of started to figure out that like it's it's really hard to see cities doing rv life yeah um i think originally we thought like we would kind of have this mix of we'll be in national parks and that'll be great and awesome and, and then we'll go like stay in big cities and get to experience cities and i think we realized this was kind of the first taste of like it's a lot harder to do and one of the reasons is rv parks in or close to big cities are not like RV parks out in the country or in or close to national parks. Yeah. And there's not many to choose from. Yeah. Your options are very limited. Um, they're full of all kinds of different people. Whereas like right outside a national park, everybody's probably getting up every day and going to that national park and hiking and sitting out by a campfire every night. RV parks close to a big city. You've got people that live there full time. Mm -hmm. and they're getting up and going to their jobs or like whatever. Um, you have people that have really like set up camp and, you know, this particular RV park allowed tent camping. So there are people like full-time in tents and think, yeah, like literally living in tents. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that also makes for all the facilities, being a little rougher, higher use, like, yeah. the, you know, people are, people aren't there on vacation. Yeah. And, and the rules seem a little less strict. Right. Where there's not as much like, that's what I kind of feel like I may have noticed with city RV parks is that like, they kind of need people to come in and they kind of loosen the rules a little bit. And then you've got like a lot of clotheslines and yeah stuff with people's underwear hanging everywhere and like the whole <laughs> deal you know right well and they like space is is at a premium oh right. so yeah. like spots are really tight and that that was definitely the case here like we were packed in there like right i feel like i could like reach from our rv and like touch the neighbor almost you can see and in the video if you guys actually go to youtube and watch the video on vancouver you can see jamin reaching his arms out and almost touching the other rv that's how close we had to park to each other it's crazy <laughs> yeah and it makes you know it makes getting into those spots hard and out of them and so like if you are coming there for a long time that's not really that big a deal because it's just a one. But if you're only there for a couple of days, it's really a pain to like have to go through all that just to like set up for a couple of days. But it's a little a little rougher and kind of the, that first clue to us that like mm, seeing big cities while doing RV life is, is hard. 
Well said. Well said. We had some other good experiences, but mostly the RV um, RVs in cities were pretty hard. Yeah. Um, one of the things we did love in Vancouver, though, we only spent one full day, and our friend Lisa had recommended that we go hike Grouse Mountain. Um, and they call it the Grouse Grind because it's a grind. <laughs> <laughs> and our friend Lisa, uh, she's a Canadian transplant. Her and her husband husband they can I mean they can make stuff happen they are athletic people clearly far more athletic than me because this was so hard um <laughs> but it was really a, a short drive from where we were staying I mean it was like two miles away um it was the steepest mountain I feel like I had done at that point I think though we actually compared it um to us hiking in Switzerland and it this was a gain of like 2400 feet of elevation gain um, two miles straight up. Um, and the only one that was more steep than that was in Switzerland. We did the harder Kolm in Interlaken. We did that hike and it was, um, the only one that compares, but oh my goodness, it was a really cool forest though to walk through. And it was a really well-marked path. There were lots of people there. It felt really safe. Um, but no one was really having fun, I will say. It was really hard for people. It was crazy. I remember we ran into a guy from Austin, and he was doing great. He was just chatting away with his friends the entire time. And um, I remember thinking, oh, my gosh, yeah, because, like, my cousin Ashley, she lives in Austin. And she's, like, running all the time. Her and her husband, Carl, they just run all the time. And I feel like everyone in Austin is, like, really outdoorsy and athletic and i was like of course some guy from austin is going to be able to just talk his way up the mountain <laughs> gosh but um the real payoff i think is just the bragging rights that you get you feel so accomplished after that that was it was really rough it is one of those things that like it's just like ticking the box at the end of like i did it i survived because <laughs> like you said no one's enjoying it on the way up you're not like seeing people being like oh Good morning. Isn't it a beautiful day? No, everyone's like, we're on like a two mile staircase in the woods. Yeah. And here we go. It was intense. It was so intense. Yeah. There were stairs, there were stones, there were all kinds of things that you had to to step up and navigate. But um the in in fact, like there's a sign, like you get like a quarter of the way up, I think, and there's a sign where they say, if you're having trouble, you need to turn around now. Because yeah. you cannot turn around after this point, but it's not going to get any better. Like, stop now is basically their advice. Right. And so at that point, you kind of have to really commit. And, uh, yeah, it was intense. Apparently, some people do it more than once a day. They do it, like, twice a, a day for, like, an extreme workout. And I thought it was extreme to begin with. So I'm super impressed by that. But once you get to the top, there is a view of the ocean and the city of Vancouver. Um, there's actually quite a lot up, up there. There's a place where you can grab a bite to eat and you can get a beer. Um, there's a gift shop. Um, I actually bought myself a T-shirt to show that I had like accomplished the grass grind. And um, there's you can buy like things like beaver tails, which is like a big thing in Canada. Um, <laughs> which we had had in Banff. I think we talked about it last last uh, in the last podcast. And there's a grizzly habitat, which we did not go to. And I'm kind of regretting that. I think that could have been kind of cool. Yeah, I think that probably would have been fun. Yeah. But um, we got up there and there's like tons of kids. You can also hop on a gondola that will take you down, although it is like, 
20 bucks to go down. But um, uh, we actually, we summited and how long, I think it was like an hour and 40 minutes-ish, which if I remember correctly, that is 10 minutes average, um, 10 minutes faster than average. So oh, um, look at us. Very pleased with that. <laughs> We're just a little bit better than normal. Oh my goodness. But um, the thing that did frustrate me a little bit though, that and we saw this in like Switzerland and other places, is that sometimes hiking can be like there can be a real price tag on it. And that's so yeah. frustrating um, because I feel like it should be the one thing that like everyone can afford to do. Mm-hmm. Um, in this instance, we spent $50 that morning because we had to pay $10 to park. Yep. And then we each rode the gondola back down because our legs were shot. And it and you can't go back down that path. We would have had to go down another path and didn't know how long that was going to take us. Um, so then it was like $20 a person to ride down yeah. on the gondola. So I was like, it's kind of pricey. Yeah, I feel like a lot of stuff in Vancouver was really pricey. Even the park. Like to get into the park, oh, you didn't have that. to pay an entrance fee to get in. But you have to pay to park anywhere in there. Yeah. So if you're getting out of your vehicle to enjoy any of the park times. at all, like yeah. you're paying to park in this place, you had to pay to park. Like there was a lot of that. I feel like there where it's like, huh, stuff that feels like should be free is not free here. Mm, that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that day after we nearly killed ourselves on the grass grind, <laughs> <laughs> we went and got cleaned up because we definitely needed showers after that. And we went into downtown Vancouver and we're really kind of excited to explore another city. You know, it it had been a while really since we'd been in London that we'd gotten to explore a city. Yeah, you know, right. we've been in national parks for so long. And so we were excited to to see a big city in Canada. And, you know, it uh, it was something that we were like fired up about. And we started out in Chinatown. And uh, we went to Chinatown Barbecue and had lunch. Um, it was okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then like set out to explore the rest of downtown. We quickly made a wrong turn and <laughs> stumbled upon like a tent city basically. And no, oh, it was rough. It was really sad. I to mean, see. It, it was really sad. Like the, the displaced people there were all kind of congregated in one area and it was it was really rough like a whole city block or two of just people living on the sidewalk yeah and we're essentially like you have to walk in the street because the sidewalk is so full of people yeah and as in there's nowhere to walk on the sidewalk and it was really rough a lot of people you know just kind of out of their mind saw people doing drugs like hard drugs and like, it was like you saw somebody doing crack, didn't you? Yeah. They he was smoking crack just out on the sidewalk, broad like a daylight feet from us. at one thirty in the afternoon. Oh man. And I was like, man, like this is crazy. Oh, like yeah. this is really rough. And we That like, was the one time I was like, I do not feel safe. Like I don't exactly <laughs> know. Like I know it's daylight, but I don't exactly feel safe right here. Yeah, yeah. And then we walked to Gastown, which is kind of a historic district. Um, there's some shopping and bars and, and stuff like that. And uh, we stopped in one bar and, and had a, a drink and kind of saw that. Walked into a few shops and things. 
uh, we did Stanley Park, um, which is this really great park surrounded by the ocean. And um, like I said, we had to pay to park and it's it's like, so you're kind of watching your clock because you're like, I paid for 30 minutes. So we got to <laughs> see this in 30 minutes to get back to the truck and then like drive to the next parking lot and pay again. Yeah. Um, but there were some like cool things. There's a massive, massive tree. Uh, like lots of really big trees, but one huge, massive tree that they had actually, you could walk inside of, and they had put kind of supports in. Uh, we got some cool pictures of you there. Um, there were, there was a big section of the park where they had totem poles, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, growing up in Oklahoma, living a long time in Texas, um, I always kind of think of like the native American or that kind of indigenous people from the like the Oklahoma Plains perspective Mm -hmm. and I don't really think about it a lot in Canada and being like oh there's indigenous people that were there too that that have lived there a long time and um, it was really interesting to kind of read a little bit about that see the totem poles and see some of that history there and just to be exposed to something that I didn't really know about and hadn't thought about before and I really enjoyed kind of getting to to see that part yeah and it like um then I started connecting all these dots too because then you're like oh yeah like we're staying at the Capilano RV park and that's on the Capilano Indian reservation Mm -hmm. like there was a lot of um indigenous people um influences everywhere you could see so yeah um yeah we especially yeah no stick with the totem poles it was really interesting. And I have to say, like, for me, Vancouver was like kind of a miss. Mm. Like, I was really excited to explore the city. And, you know, we did all the things that that people recommended, you know, like we had gotten pretty good through our time in Europe of like looking online, figuring out what we like and being able to identify it and go into a city and be like, OK, we're going to spend a day in a city. We're going to see all these things. And we did all those things here. But I felt like none of them really stuck the landing so yeah, much with we Vancouver. Having, we were having a hard time. <laughs> we had had a really hard time with the Harvest Host and had a real bad night there because it was so hot. Yeah. And then we like arrived and we arrived right into downtown and we were just like, oh, like we just wanted it over before it even begun. It was it was a little a little hard. Then we saw crack. Yeah. Somebody do crack <laughs> on the street. I mean, it was just like a couple strikes that like were were pretty hard. But there were a couple things that we didn't get to do. We did most of the things that everybody, like you said, most of the things everybody recommends. If you happen to be there and you get more time um, there than we had, you might would consider doing Vancouver Island um, because a lot of people do that. Um, You could ferry over there, I believe. Um, There's also the Richmond Night Market, which um, we were really interested in doing. But I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, it was on the other completely other side of the city. Yeah. And it was going to be a real challenge because at some point we needed to get back to the RV and let Maggie out and it was just and it was so hot we couldn't bring her and let her stay in the car right so we were kind of had a little bit of challenges with that and then the third thing that I really was really interested in doing but we just didn't have enough time was the Capilano suspension bridge Mm -hmm. um, which was also really close to where we stayed 
And when I look at pictures of it online, I'm like, oh, that looks pretty cool. I could see people enjoying that. But um, but again, it also was pricey. So it was another yeah. thing I was like, I don't really know. I mean, yeah. It, uh, I feel like it could have been a different experience if we had flown into Vancouver and stayed in a hotel downtown or something like that. Um, I do think that it, it was really kind of a shock at how difficult it is to see a city when you're RVing. Yeah, um, especially with a dog truck like us. Right. If you're RVing, you got to have something that can pull that RV. Yeah. Which means you have something that is more difficult to park, to find a place to park. Um, a lot of downtowns, the parking options are uh, garages. And a lot of them don't play nicely with the height restriction of a, a full size truck. And I forgot about that. That's so right. it's hard. It's hard to park and you're having to drive uh, quite a distance to get into the city most of the time from mm -hmm. an RV park. If you're like us and you have a pet, like you said, a lot of times it was too hot to bring her and leave her in the car. So she's staying in the RV and the air conditioning. Well, that means like she can only stay in there for so long before you have to go back. And so it really does make exploring a city uh, a lot more difficult than yeah. I think we had anticipated. Yeah. And your RV park is never going to be downtown with you. Right. For the most part, it's always going to be outside downtown, which means you're hauling it back outside the city to go check on your dog. And um, so, well, yeah. Well, you we can't do things too. Like if you're staying downtown, like I think if us, if we had just planned a trip to Vancouver, we would have stayed in a hotel downtown. Yeah. Which means we could have gone out to dinner mm -hmm. and had a, glass of wine at dinner and then a nightcap somewhere afterward we probably would have loved it right we would have gone and for like a run all around stanley park yeah you're walking around and doing that kind of stuff but if you're having to drive at the end of the night then you're also like well now i'm limited again in the things i can do and so yeah it just doesn't like play as well yeah Things we were learning. <laughs> we learned a lot of things along the way. I feel like this episode was a little ho-hum. Like I'm like, wah, wah. Much like Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's just one of those things. Um, I just feel like we, we talked about this before we started um, kind of writing out this episode and putting our thoughts down and we really wanted to be honest and this is actually a part where if you go and start if you're if you're watching the videos on youtube you'll see our tone change a little bit because we start really being honest like pretty transparent yeah. once we started RVing. We had gotten a little bit more comfortable sharing our story and we didn't feel like we always had to be upbeat. And so, you know, I'm wearing a lot less makeup and a little crankier. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think it's helpful for people to see the good and the bad mm -hmm. um, and that that helps other people make good decisions and like it's just information that they can use. And they and other people out there are going to listen to this podcast, they're going to watch the video and they're going to think of all the ways they would do it differently or they're going to think about um, how the things that mattered to us might not matter to them and that's great right. but this is just another perspective that people can take with them and use as food for thought so yeah well like hillary mentioned there is a video out there on youtube that kind of corresponds with this so we kind of walk you through a few different things on that you can go check that out on our youtube channel um 
like and comment the video if you enjoyed it. Maybe tell us what we should have done differently or could have done differently or, or what you yeah. liked or didn't like about it. Uh, you can also find us on all the social media platforms. We're on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Uh, we post uh, things from our current day from time to time, but then also stuff that goes along with um, the episode that is currently out there. So you can see some Vancouver stuff uh, from our time there. And we would love to connect with you that way. Uh, follow us there. Reach out to us there. Um, we try to get back to anybody that reaches out to us. So that's a good way to, to see what we're up to. That's right. And you guys just uh, enjoy wherever your next trip might be, um, whether you're doing it by RV or you're going to fly into downtown Vancouver and do it a little differently. <laughs> just enjoy it because life is short. Wonder well. <laughs>